0: hey people what's going on welcome back to the channel hope you're well and in good health okay if you are new here please do like share subscribe please consider joining the channel supporting the channel sports on patreon link in the description okay right now i'm going to check out a article of course bringing you the best in finance news right now so we can see here that the BRICS movement is basically going to double with the admission of six new countries so that's brazil russia india china south africa which basically some of the most powerful countries in the world with, uh, you know, large GDPs. And now, you know, they've been coming together in the BRICS movement uh, and, you know, meeting around the world and developing their economies. And they're currently looking to bring in six new countries, which was the recent announcement at the conference that they're having currently in South Africa. So let's take a look on this garden article. It says here, the BRICS group of big emerging economies has announced the admission of six new members in an attempt to reshape the global world order and provide a counterweight to the US and its allies. Right, so from the beginning of next year, that's 24, 2024, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Argentina, the UAE and Ethiopia. So you've got countries from the Middle East, you've got countries from North Africa and even Latin America there as well. And then it says, um, you know, we'll join the Kurofai 5 members, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, as it was announced in Johannesburg during the recent BRICS conference. So China's President Xi Jinping described the expansion as historic. He had been the leading proponent of the admission of new members, presenting an enlarged BRICS as a way for the Global South to have a strong voice in world affairs. Obviously, you can see that the Global South with these countries in particular, obviously now you can see the competition between the G7 BRICS now is obviously getting more powerful with the potential admission of these new countries in the coming months. However, it's still unclear how the expansion would significantly enhance the group's clout on the global stage. Now, that might be through kind of in, inter-trade or different kinds of, you know, lending out loans, the development bank that they've got, and working together in cooperation in terms of economically and financially. See how that goes. Then it says that will depend on how far it will be able to act in unison. And like I said that the group of new members has made it even more despite a, <clears throat> a mix of powerful autocracies with middle income and developing democracies. It's not entirely clear what the newest BRIC members will have to gain from the membership in the bloc. Margaret Myers, the director of the Asian-Latin America program at the Inter-American Dialogue, stated, for the moment at least, this move is more symbolic than anything. It's an indication of a wide-ranging global south for a recalibration of the global order. Well, you can see, obviously, countries like Russia and China, they're looking to move in and become the dominant powers around the world. So Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, did not actually attend in person for the three-day summit. Uh, obviously because he was actually facing an arrest war related to issues around Ukraine and the war that's going on there. So it says BRICS' enlargement represents a symbolic proof for him as he fights a U.S. effort to isolate, isolate his regime to force withdrawal and end the war. So the decision to admit Iran also looking for a way to sidestep sanctions represented a win for Putin and Z, helping give the group a more anti-western, non-democratic tinge. They prevailed over the more harshest approach of other members who preferred to portray the group as non-aligned. For Argentina, which again is an interesting addition, facing dire economic problems, membership represents a potential lifeline to escape the developing crisis. So Argentina's economy is currently in crisis and their currencies are, you know, hyperinflation and so on. So they're suffering a lot there in terms of uh, Argentina. So it says here, we open up our possibilities of joining new markets and consolidating existing markets are raising investment coming in, creating jobs and raising imports. As Fernandez said, Ethiopia, again, an interesting country in Africa, which has also been limited here. So it's the only low-income country in the group. And very interesting to see why Ethiopia Maybe it's geographical strategy or strategic kind of positioning in the world uh, because it's not a high-income country. So it's be interesting to see what the kind of thinking and uh, strategy around that is. His Prime Minister, Abi Ahmed, described it as a great moment for his country. Indeed, nearly two dozen countries had formally applied to join the group, but there has to be consensus amongst the existing five members for candidate countries to be admitted. So, Senor Rampozo, Pozo, the president of South Africa, basically stated that guiding principles, standards criteria and procedures of the BRICS expansion process. So, those criteria were not explained. However, Indonesia, for example, population of 274 million and a powerful force in Asia applied to join, but was not admitted. Well, I mean, it could be admitted going forward, but Indonesia's economy is developing and it's got a lot of people there in terms of, you know, Youth kind of workforce and so on, so for China and Russia, it's a win. They have been pushing for this for you know many years, said Reinberg, the head of the America program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. For China allows them to continue to build what they hope is a beijing centric order and then, on the other hand, for Russia who's hosting it next year, I think it's going to be in Kazan in 2024. It seems that like this is a tremendous opportunity boost their significance and come out of isolation and obviously brazil or india you know less enthusiastic about expansion even though they rhetorically committed to it because it dilutes the power of membership in an organization that includes gold powers like china that's what berg said there's not likely to be an immediate economic benefit for membership members already have extensive bilateral ties with china the group's new development bank which has, I think, invested about £30 billion since 2015. It's still relatively small, but Maya said that although the move is largely symbolic, that does not mean it's unimportant. This is significant and shouldn't be dismissed by G7 and other global non-actors, she argued. The new members, especially the major oil-producing oil ones, on board, obviously uh, the key one being Saudi Arabia and also UE. The bridge configuration represents a much more significant share of the global economy and global population. So we'll see how the global south fares and the development of this. We will well keep you updated. In order to do that, please do like, share, subscribe. Please click the notifications bell so you're up to date with all the latest videos. And consider supporting us on Patreon and join the channel. Okay, people, catch you on the next one.